Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. A little bit of a different kind of frustration after this loss for the Hawks today. They fall to the Vancouver Canucks by just one goal after what was possibly a missed call towards the end that would have given the Hawks a two-man advantage with an empty net. But a hard-working effort from this Hawks team down so many men and then lose one more throughout the contest, yet they still fall short by a goal. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 5.30 this afternoon as the Hawks suffer a 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Their fourth straight loss, but definitely a different kind of deficit for this team. Let's head on up to the radio booth and bring in our pal Troy Murray, who was on the call with John Wideman tonight. And Troy, I mean, Hawks got off to a great start. They outplayed Vancouver in that first period. Canucks were able to catch things up in the second and this team had a never-say-die attitude, though, despite missing so many important pieces and then losing one even more important piece in Joey Anderson. Well, Joe, before we get to any news, uh, or I'm going to comment on what you just asked. It was a cha-ching for you right there. I don't know. If you oh, know come on. It. I said like three todays. When did I sneak in a tonight? Just now. Just night. Just yeah. now. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. okay. So that's, yeah, that's but- all right. just so the listeners know, then, that's four for me. Yeah. That's five for John, and that's two for you. All right. I, I, I'm going to be eating and drinking for free whenever we <laughs> settle this score up. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, but it was it was a good effort here. Vancouver showed what they were all about in the second period, but I tell you what, uh, you know, they, they didn't quit. They didn't get frustrated. They worked hard. They fought through everything, and I think that's kind of, you know, the, the rallying call. They, they lost their structure. They lost their focus in that last game against Seattle, but, you know, they knew that. They, they know that as, as a group inside the, the, the room. So coming into this game, knowing Vancouver's a good team, you got to play smart. You got to play hard for 60 minutes. I, I thought they did that. Vancouver showed their talent in the second period, where they scored some goals. A lot of them were were just dirty, gritty goals. A couple redirects, and then one great shot by uh, Brock Besser as well. So, an excellent job by the Blackhawks to stick with it in this game, even though they didn't get the results they were hoping for. After another loss this afternoon, not not this evening, uh, we get another post game analyst in our own Darren Pang has joined us here on the post game show once again. So, uh, Panger, what uh, what did you see down there? A different aspect from us, obviously up top. Muzz, how many times do you say tonight, today? I'm I'm zero today. I I win. I said today's all day long. I, I'm zero myself. See, that's. Not number 19 and number 40. I, I have, I'm telling you what, we are sharper I have so than the much day to is learn. 40, 24 hours long. You know what I saw? Troy, I, I, I saw some gumption and some giddy up and go and some, you know, I, I thought early on in the game too, you know, you and I have talked after some of these games about execution, good passing, uh, breaking out of your own zone, just the crispness of the game. And boy, I, I, thought, I thought the Hawks did a great job early in this game, Troy, of, of doing just that. D to D, up the wall, or whatever it might be, or the forwards coming back and then getting into the offensive zone with a with a lot of speed and, and, a, and a lot more connectivity, I'd have to say, in this hockey game. I'd have to agree with you. I thought the first period was excellent. You knew or Vancouver is a team that, that comes out fast. 
I think they've scored more goals uh, the first for, the first goal of the game than anybody in the NHL. So you didn't want to start trailing this game. And Vancouver's really good at holding the leads. That record indicates that. But I, I thought the Blackhawks did a lot of things right in that first period. They played smart. They played hard. They executed well. Good support. Good backtracking. I, I thought it was really good. I mean, just a really solid effort. And just that little spurt in the in the second period where Vancouver scored those two quick goals kind of took some steam out of the sail. But at the same time, I thought that they responded well and competed right to the end. What did you think of the five forwards on the power play? Loved it. Loved yep. it. You know, you know what? I, I was talking about, uh, you know, it was uh, Dakota Joshua was coming down one-on-one and Kurashev, and you probably had a really good look at that coming right down in front of you. Yep. And for a forward to see a forward on defense there, our eyes used to light up there. But Kurashev did an excellent job defending. And you have to have a mentality that, listen, if we lose the puck, all five of us got to get back and help out because we do not have any defensemen. If we get caught in our own end of the ice, we're in trouble. Yeah, that first period when uh, they were zipping it around and looked, look, they looked terrific. I thought they were going to score right off the hop in that first one, Troy. And then, and then in that third period when the pressure was on, then Vancouver really pressured Kurashev. And as soon as Bedard got the buck, they pressured Bedard. So they made their adjustments, and it was hard. I think it was hard for that group to get the puck down low and and get any you know real good scoring chances, but. Uh, but all in all, there's a lot of positives in this game. Led yeah, by Nick Foligno, by the way, too, Troy. Huh? How about the words that he had uh, after uh, you know such an emotional, uh, you know, well maneuvering by everybody to get to Saskatoon and to be at Larry uh, Korchinski's uh, service and be there with Kevin and, and to have Nick speak up for the team basically yesterday and then for him to come out and play the way hmm. he played. That's the way to lead by example, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, we were talking about Nick just a little bit ago about the leadership that he has, and and now that you've lost some of the key players that you brought into the equation uh, to help out in that department. So Nick, not he's not alone. He's got guys there. But when you have Seth Jones and you don't have Corey Perry anymore, Taylor Hall out of the lineup, Connor Murphy was banged up there. Good thing that he was able to come back. You're you're looking for leaders inside that room with all the inexperience, and Nick has really taken a strong hold of of that position inside the locker room. What a great leader what a great man and inspiration to everybody and when he speaks he speaks with a lot of thought with a lot of passion emotion and he talked about that we were going to play this game this afternoon uh, for Larry and for the Korchinski family. Well you used the word gumption and it just seemed like this team was very focused on getting the little things done right. I feel like the PK took so many strides today, even though they do cough up power play goal and it was multiple guys. It was Dickinson, it was Joey Anderson pitching in how do they continue this? Because this has been the consistency that they've been lacking and what has made them struggle in a lot of these games. How do they continue this after a great game against Vancouver? Because they are kind of like a, a chameleon team this year where they're yeah. playing up to the, to the better talent. You know, we, Troy and I obviously spend a lot of time hot stoving and talking and going over it. And, and I think the one thing that we haven't seen is predictability. Hmm. And I thought in today's game, if this is the way that the Hawks are going to play, I'm all for it. I mean, how many times do we see them get the puck through the neutral zone, cross-ice dump? Troy, how many times do you and I talk about the cross-ice dump, which is such a great dump, and, and, and then it's, you're able it's to It's non-existent a, a, in the game anymore. It's not, but, you know, Vancouver did it a couple of times. The Hawks did it, and once, once you did that and start firing pucks on net, uh, you, you, you could feel the building. Yeah. You, you could feel the energy, and I think, I think a lot of teams forget about that. You know, the Hawks are one of the, well, they shoot the puck, what, 30th? Least in, uh, so that's second worst in the league uh, in terms of just you know, shooting volume, the puck just or, shooting yeah. the puck. Like, 
it, it it is good to shoot the puck. I, I mean, especially if you're if you're not, if you don't have a highly skilled team where you're going to find those seam plays all the time for one timers. Um, then you've got to do something else to get there. And I don't mind the meat and potatoes of getting that puck in deep and, and going to the net like they did. I thought they did a great job today, Troy, of just going hard to the blue paint and making it hard on, on Thatcher Demko. Well, they, they had to do that. I mean, here's the team, best in offense, second best in defense. And if you look at Vancouver, a couple redirect goals, they've got a lot of guys that are that are you know hand, hanging around the front of the net. And they, mm-hmm. they really did. I thought the second period, they were excellent in that area. It was really tough for the Blackhawks defensemen. It was tough for Mrazek to find those pucks coming through. And, and if you're inside the Vancouver locker room, I was talking about this with John during the game. If you're Vancouver and you look at the inexperience of their blue line, well, let, let's put pressure on them. Let's throw pucks at the net. Let's see how they defend. And I, I thought that they did an excellent job. And it's something that the Blackhawks, you know, matched in, in a lot of ways. And I, I, I talked about that as one of the keys to the game, getting to that front of the net, because Thatcher is a, is a good goaltender. Vancouver doesn't give up many goals. So you got to make it tough on them. And I thought for a lot of the game they did. I thought Vancouver did a good job, though, of, of getting into the shooting lanes a lot of time and kind of disrupting what the Blackhawks wanted to do. Uh, but this was a hard-fought effort. I, I had no problem with the effort in this game. Hawks no, with the, I agree with you. Hawks with the third least shots in the league, yeah. averaging 27.2. That was before tonight's game, though, today. Oh, boy. Oh, Shutching. boy. Mark it down, Muzz. Mark it down. That's a dash. <laughs> Me and John are now tied, so uh, Troy, just whenever you want to pick a place to go and, and eat, but John and I will uh, will split the bill. Apparently, I'll, I'll, I'll find one. <laughs> yeah, no. Can, oh boy, can it be somewhere around the range of McDonald's or uh, Burger King or something though, rather than yeah, some... no. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about goaltender awareness. Peter Mrazek has been great this year, but I think you saw a couple of prime examples of that. There was there was one redirection in the first period where he just read it. Didn't even he didn't even have to make the stop, but he just followed the puck. The paddle save he had today. I mean that that that's I was just on you know I was on talkback with our producer uh, Sean Day, and and I said if we tie it up. You got to go back to that. You got to go yep. back to that save. Let's yeah. have that save right in the hopper on Troy. I mean that. that th- those are the turning points of a game. I thought that was an empty net goal. I saw Hoaglander go to the bench. He was, he couldn't believe, and he was so sour at himself. He <laughs> slammed the door. He, and and so at that point, you know, we go back. You show the save, and you're like, brilliant. And then Troy, the, the fans got to see it because it was being shown yeah. on the jumbo truck. That was cool. And you could you could hear this hush in the crowd, and then this applause, and <laughs> and it was the, the you know the save of the game. But I do think, and, and Troy, you saw it from a different angle than I did. But um, I think there was a lot of plays that weren't clean for Peter. He didn't get a shot for the first what nine minutes, and it was a two on one break. Yeah. It wasn't like he normally has faced. So he didn't get into moment. He didn't get any momentum early on. Shots, save, rebound, shot, save. You know, yeah. rebound, which he's been so good. Some at. goalies like that. Some goalie. Most goalies like to feel a puck early, right. but he was sharp then, and he fought through a lot of different scenarios that weren't clean. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, um, I'm not sure if he had a brand new glove in this game, Troy, but a lot of pucks popped out of his glove that they don't normally do. And, and, you know, these goalies, they switch gloves all the time, like, and they're always new and fresh. And, but I thought that was one area that gave him troubles was rebounds in this game. Even the save that he made with his paddle, 
It was a save that was fairly routine for Peter Mrazek, and he squirted the rebound to the right, and Hoaglander had it for the empty netter. Yeah. But all yeah, in all, the guy's a battler. The guy's you, a battler. You had a real good look at that. I mean, you know, for us up here, um, I, I wasn't sure. You know, John's got to make the call, but I wasn't quite sure exactly what that hit. It, it, did it deflect off somebody else? I, I mean, from here, it just happened so quick, and I was like, how did that not go in? And then we got the look. Um, after everybody else did, and then they showed it on the jumbotron here, and you're going, "Oh my goodness!" There's not much that Hoaglander could have done there. He, he fired it, in, you know, middle of the ice, and it was a hard shot. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, this is just a spectacular uh, stab at it by Mrazek that ends up, you know, deflecting it up and over the net. One of those plays, and even Mrazek, they were just showing it on the on the replay here in the post game show on TV. Mrazek was looking up at the scoreboard. Yeah, to look watching, at it. <laughs> wa- watching that play, no reaction from him. Just put his mask back down, and you know, casual and, and confident as as he's shown all season long. We'll get some post game sound from the Blackhawks dressing room later on in the post game show. But uh, Connor Bedard saying, "quote I'm sure the ref made the right call about the non tripping call towards the end of the game, which maybe could have been a big momentum shifter for the Hawks." Um, he wasn't. He wasn't too pleased about it in real no, time. No, but, I, but man, I, does he always say listen, the right thing? He does. I, I mean, listen. And and when you're on the ice, and, and Troy can say it better, where y'all get hot on the ice. Yeah. You, you, I mean, something happens and you can't believe it. And even though he's an 18 year old kid, I mean, Kelly Sutherland's a veteran referee, and and you know Kelly would understand it. But it was a trip for me. Yeah. I mean, it, I agree. I, I mean, it, the shaft of the stick was laid on the ice, basically with one hand by Patterson. It got the top part of his blade. He goes down, and Pedersen drops his stick. And he's, yeah. So now he's got to skate on top of that as well. But uh, uh, whether that would have been a, a difference or not, it would have at least given the Hawks just another opportunity to tie the game in the, in the waning seconds anyway. Yeah, how about the pace of the third period? No whistles, no TV timeout uh, the entire third period. I couldn't believe it. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. the lines things moving. This has been great. <laughs> yeah, we got a dinner reservation. Like, let's, <laughs> move, let's, let's move this along. we got to get there. <laughs> <laughs> we got loads of time now, Troy. I, and Joe's buying dinner tonight, too, for, <laughs> for yeah. 19 of us. It'll be great. <laughs> perfect. Perfect initiation for me. Uh, all right, before we let you guys go so you can get to your uh, very anticipated uh, dinner reservation, anything else that happened down there on ice level? I know Rick Taka was arguing about the Felino power play goal in the second period. Do you know what happened yeah. to Joey well, Anderson? We, I'm sorry, I don't mean to the, keep jumping. The Joey, Okay, so the first part about it is I was obviously listening t- to the bench on my right, which is Vancouver. I'm looking at the coaches. They're trying to determine did the puck hit the netting out of play or did it not? They're trying to look over at Thatcher Demko. They're going to nod. Thatcher Demko gave him a nods up. So now I'm thinking, did Felino grab his stick on the on the rebound? Mm. Was there interference? Was it offside? So, you know, Sean D and our, and our guys did a great job. They went to offside, not a chance. They went to the interference, not a chance. Now what is it? So it wasn't until the second time we had a, a, a commercial break that I heard Thatcher Demko say it went off the You know, he was still talking about it going off the netting, and that's when I, you know, I we, we got our guys to get it and show it and, it, and it did go off the netting. But you could barely see it. You could barely see it change direction. Only one guy on the ice knew it, mm-hmm. and it was Thatcher Demko. I'm just surprised Thatcher didn't skate over to the bench and tell the coaching staff so they knew what they could look for because they ran out of time. They had no more time. Yeah. They're, you know, they're dropping the puck at that particular point. That was number one. And then Anderson, he took a, a, an elbow, and it wasn't an, a flagrant elbow at all. Uh, Zadorov being a left-hand shot, his right elbow, was is at, at about head level <laughs> when it was yeah, down, right. you know, for, for Anderson. Anderson, I, th- I think, stepped right into it. Okay. And uh, that was on the near boards at the end of the uh, second period. 
Well, and Troy, you you mentioned it today. I mean, Reese Johnson showing no fear in his eyes whatsoever going against the big, mighty Nikita Zadorov. No, I I mean, it wasn't that bad of a hit on Pedersen, but, you know, you kind of understand that he's their top player. And I I didn't think there was a need for it in that situation, but Reese Johnson's not going to back down from anybody. It it was just a size matchup that uh, did not favor Reese Johnson, but he wasn't going to go away. He was coming right back at him. And I thought that, you know, and Reese Johnson does this all the time. He's just a guy that plays the exact same game. Where's the high end of this? I don't know. But we know where the base level is, and he brings that every night. He's finishing checks, and it doesn't matter if you're six foot eight or you're you're five foot eight. You're, he get the same thing from Reese Johnson. You're going to finish plays. You're going to make the the right decisions. I love the way that he competes, and and I think that energy tonight in Panger, I think you would you would agree with this. From up here, the energy in this game was was much higher than it has been in the last couple games. I, I didn't mind the Edmonton game because that was kind of uh, right there until the end. But uh, I thought the Seattle game, body language didn't show it. I, I thought that the team was really engaged and there was energy in the game. And a guy like Reese Johnson supplies that energy whenever he's out on the ice. Was that tonight or today, Troy? <laughs> Because I think I think you you got oh did I one. yeah Cha-ching. sorry about that. there you go buddy um but, oh. but it, yeah sorry about but but going back to it hey, you, stay you out of what, it you know what really got the game going Troy don't you have to go to dinner I, I'm I'm close I'm I'm the I'm the moderator here um, he's already applying his bib right now but you, you know at that first shift when Reese Johnson basically skated into Ian Cole yeah and 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 caused the first minor penalty yeah like at my my level was. Reese Johnson did everything in his power to get that call. <laughs> he went right into him. He kind of rode, you know, he kind of rode up on him, and then the stick obviously, you know, causes the, the the minor penalty. But the bench of the Vancouver Canucks, they were just giving it to Reese Johnson the entire game. So I knew we had something special going on. You know, an afternoon game. Vancouver wasn't happy with theirs. Hawks not happy with their last game, and uh, and that kind of got Reese into the game, in my opinion. Every time he came back to the bench, Troy. He, he heard it from their players. And I, I think you either have the alertness and, you, and you're on your toes or you shrivel and you go to the bench and you don't say anything. He was all in the entire game. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of player th- that he is, and he brings that energy. And you know that if a guy has got the attention of the other bench, that you're doing something to make him mad. And, and that's a good thing. If, yep. if, you're going, if you're a player like Reese Johnson and you're not getting noticed out on the ice, whether it's good or bad, that's not the way that he needs to play. He needs to be under the skin of the opposition players. He needs to have the attention of those players that he say, hey, listen, when Johnson's on the ice, keep your head up. He's going to finish checks. And that's what he does. And so if Vancouver's chirping at him, he's doing his job. Yep. All right, you two. All Don't right. you have a dinner reservation to get to? The 1940 postgame show continues <laughs> right after this. <laughs> I'm Darren Robert Pang. <laughs> Good job, Troy. I'll see, see you in a bit. Yep. Okay, All right, guys. That is Darren Pang. That is Troy Murray. And this is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 5.30 today as the Hawks unfortunately lose their fourth straight. But a much different effort today. We'll break it down a little bit more. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Deep slot, Khrushchev. Then back over to Bedard. Fires one top of the left circle. Save. Rebound. Score! Felino again! At the doorstep of the Canuck net, grabbed a rebound and put a backhander in behind Demko. It's a power play goal for the Hawks. Bada boom, bada bing. 2-1 Chicago. Another two-goal game for Nick Foligno. Meanwhile, he picks up goals number 
4-5 on the season. That gave the Hawks, as John Wideman said, a 2-1 lead early in the second period. However, Vancouver would tie things up take the lead, and then add to their lead before the Hawks saw another goal that came in the third period from Cole Gutman. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 5.30 today as the Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks by a final score of 4-3 to three from the United Center. They kick off this three-game homestand with the loss, but a much different kind of loss. This wasn't as disheartening of a performance that we've seen lately from this team, and with the same amount or more absences in this game. So I think that's something to definitely write home about. Of course, we're going to get some backlash from some texters. And if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Our buddy Tim from Urbana has come out of the woodwork and texted in PK consistency, question mark, and then had some very derogatory things to say. Uh, calling me a brown nose. I, I don't think I called the penalty kill consistent, but I called it good today because I do think it was a total of four power play shots on goal for the Vancouver Canucks in four total power play opportunities. I think that's pretty good considering where the Blackhawks PK had been in the past and how good of a team Vancouver is. And let's face it, they scored their lone power play goal on basically a two-man advantage. It's not going to go down there in the score box because uh, Taylor Radish had just come out of the penalty box right before that goal was scored. But Hawks did a good job of limiting Vancouver, especially on the power play. Guys like Jason Dickinson, Joey Anderson, just doing these little things to keep possession of the puck a little bit more and chipping it into Vancouver's zone in the right way, in the right direction to keep them away from the puck. Uh, I do want to give Peter Morazic our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. The Hawks played as well, if not better than Vancouver, for the majority of this game, I would say or at least the majority of the first period and the majority of the third period. The second period was pretty much owned by Vancouver, but there are three goals in a row that came after Nick Foligno's goal were scored the way they score goals. Vancouver shoots the puck a lot, they create a lot of traffic, and they they just don't get too cute with when they want to fire the puck. I was kind of browsing Twitter, as I do every game, And in the first period, so many Canucks fans were so frustrated with how little Vancouver was shooting the puck. In fact, Hawks outshot Vancouver 13-5 in that first period. Zero five-on-five shots on goal coming from Vancouver in the first 20 minutes. There's definitely something to say about that. Maybe you can chalk it up with a slow start for the Canucks coming off a, a game that they had just yesterday against the Minnesota Wild. But you do have to give credit to the Hawks in that type of situation because we're so critical of them this year and the struggles that they have, and rightly so, but when these positive things do happen with this team, you do have to point it out. The Hawks, for the second straight game, were missing Seth Jones, Kevin Korczynski, Andreas Athanasiu, Jared Tenorti, I'm sure I'm missing more, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, and today they lose Alex Vlasic. Yet they came out with a much more aggressive approach, a much more full 60-minute effort, and they made it very close towards the end of the game. And as we were talking with Darren Pang as he hopped on with Troy Murray, the fact that the Hawks had a chance to have another power play towards the end of the game after it seemed like Connor Bedard got a little tripped, 
Unfortunately, this makes it four straight losses. Unfortunately, this continues the the bad taste that the, ha- the Hawks have in their mouths. But I think there's way more positives to pull from this game. Definitely more than the Seattle loss and even more than the Edmonton loss. I, I thought the loss against the Edmonton Oilers had more value than the loss to the Seattle Kraken. And I know, listen, this stinks that this is what we're doing. We're dissecting different losses and we're we're pulling out positives from back-to-back-to-back losses. That is what happens in a rebuild. That is part of the process of going through this type of situation. But it was just a much different game today. And honestly, hats off to the Hawks fans, too. Very engaged in this one. Uh, there There was just a different energy in the building today. And I do think... That's credit to the Hawks' play, their their effort in this one, their ability to get off to a good start and a good start in the second period and make it a very close and exciting game towards the third as well. Once the Hawks don't have to re- rely on so many young players and so many guys figuring their way through the NHL for the first time in their careers, you're going to see more consistency from this team. You're going to see more structure and just more of the little things done right. And then they can start filling in with, role players and specific aspects and attributes of the game that they're just really not in the market for acquiring right now. I know with so many players going down, fans want to fantasize about all these trades to bring someone in to help the scoring. And yes, I agree, the Hawks could use a little shake-up. They could use just a little bit of an adrenaline rush. But who knows how different this team will look once Lucas Reichel really starts to figure things out or... Andreas Athanasiu comes back, and, and maybe they uh, rejoin that line with Athanasiu, Kurashev, and Reichel, and maybe that has some fire to it. And then all of a sudden, you do have two lines that are working for the Hawks. It's just so many things are going wrong right now in year two of a rebuild that it just gets kind of inflated and kind of highlighted with how difficult things are right now. And I understand that's frustrating, and I understand that doesn't really fix things, but I, I think that's what's at hand. Uh, from the 608 area code, it's Dexter and Bolingbrook. We'll take Craig Berube any day, Joe. I think he belongs in Chicago. Okay, that's the first uh, coaching switch we've heard of. I, I know some people have brought up the idea of giving up on Luke Richardson, but I, I really don't think that's the case. I think today's an example of him leading a team that's on paper Probably not going to take down Vancouver most days, but put up a very good fight against a good Canucks team in today's game. Changing the coach right now at the beginning of a rebuild kind of just throws out so much of this plan for the future success of this team. I've said this before. When the Hawks were hiring Luke Richardson two off-seasons ago, they weren't looking for the best head coach for the following year, or I should say they weren't looking for only the Hawks' best coach for the next upcoming year. They were looking for the next best head coach for the Hawks for the next couple of years in this rebuild to help build a young team, grow a young team, and develop a young team. And I think his experience in the NHL and in the minors and a little bit of head coaching experience at the NHL level and being so sought after by other teams makes him the perfect candidate for that type of situation. The Hawks had a head coaching vacancy that was different than any other team in the league. And just because things aren't totally going great in year two of a rebuild means that it's automatically put on 
put on the coach and um, just just totally put put against the coach and and only his fault. I I just can't agree with that. I can't hop on that argument right now. It's just it's way too early and we saw way too many good things from this team last year under Luke Richardson. Much different roster this year. It was supposed to be for the better. That's not showing up in the win-loss column right now, but hopefully today's performance can continue and can start to get consistent with this younger core. We've got to get to some post-game sound, but we are going to get to another break as well. Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 4-3 to from the United Center. It's their fourth straight loss. We'll hopefully hear from the Blackhawks dressing room when we come back. Blackhawks post-game show, 720 WGN. Rona grabbing the puck there to Brock Besser from the Hawks bench at center ice on the left wing. Backhands it down behind the net. Miller got it there to Besser. Put it toward the net. Kicked out of there by Mrazek. And a follow-up shot from the far circle by Hoaglander is turned out of there as well by Peter Mrazek. Two huge saves at this point of the hockey game. Another stellar performance from Peter Mrazek today. He makes 22 saves in this one. But with the constant pressure that the Vancouver Canucks put on opponents with their offense and the constant traffic they have in front of the net, uh, once again, a, a very well-performed game by Peter Mrazek, despite everything he had to face in this one. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post-game show, taking you up to 5.30 today. We're going to hear from Nick Felino and Connor Bedard in just a little bit, but uh, wanted to get to our save of the game, which was sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. Peter Mrazek with another Fantastic performance as the Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks today, 4-3. to three. It's four straight losses. They start off this three-game homestand with a loss. It'll be Edmonton, or excuse me, Colorado in town on Tuesday uh, before the Hawks finish the homestand on Friday, the last home game before the Christmas holiday against the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Foligno chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward who had two goals today. No, it's, I mean, I'm, I hate Forgive me for I hate moral victories, um, but with what we're facing right now, with the group we have, with the injuries and stuff, I'm, I'm proud of our guys for competing. That's I, I, that's that's the standard, right? Like we talked about that. That's that's bare minimum, uh, and it gives yourself a chance to win every night. You know, arguably a better team we played tonight than Seattle, and we played a way better game and, and you know had, gave ourselves a chance to tie it at least, and then we're up at, at points. So. That's got to be a resounding message in this room of, of how we have to play, regardless of who's in the lineup. It's just that's that's Chicago Blackhawks hockey, and we have to get to it more. What goes on in the mindset? I mean, I think in five of the last six games, you guys have scored first, but can't protect the lead. What's going on there? It's just understanding the league, right? Like you score first doesn't mean the team's just going to lay down and play dead, right? And I think sometimes it's self-inflicted, and other times we just you know there's it's the we, we, the cohesion that we have right we don't we haven't played together a long time so you can see just little errors and miscues but you know a couple of these games have been uh, been compete level too which is disappointing so um you know tonight we we get the lead and we get it back and you know it's one of those games against a good team and we just don't find a way to to you know get the the w and we, and we have to understand too right that you get momentum you can't give it away right penalty 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 and and now they're they're coming back at us so um, it's it's good to see, and I'm proud of our decor and you know, unexpected injury again and things like that that happened. And they hung in there, man. They're they're playing their their asses off to to help us win. And uh, it's just disappointing we didn't get one tonight. It was Joey Anderson for the third period tonight. I mean, can you get used to having to 
shotgun whoever's on the ice with whoever at some point or and, uh, it's just get up and go man whoever's up it's uh, it's it's, it's kind of laughable honestly with one game we're losing the guy every game here but um you know he's played great and it stinks to have him out of the lineup uh, in this game because he was making a big difference and and he gives us such depth you know throughout our lineup so but yeah it's it's the reality of the game right you can't worry about it you got to find a way to to get next man up and 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 get one and you know it's it's too bad we couldn't find the equalizer what do you like about the five forwards on the power play well i just think we're all attacking right i think we have to get used to, to getting back obviously but you know, it's it's that mindset. We all want the puck. We all want to make a difference, and um, you know, and also understanding. Listen, we got a lot of guys out that would that would quarterback the power play, and it's our responsibility sometimes to step up. So I'm proud of the guys the way they handled it. And it's not easy. We didn't get a lot of practice time, but it's an honor to be out in the power play. And uh, you know, it was it was good to get one and, and get a little confidence. What's the difference between the power play and the six on five situations? Kind of converting the tactics over. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the six on five is, is probably not practiced enough, um, you know, and, and they just try to clog up the middle. And, and, and in a lot of ways, as a defense, you're you're hoping that, you know, you're going to get in the lane or, or you know, it's, it's a lot of times those goals that happen are bounces off shin pads and they're right to somebody on the back door because there's an extra guy. So um, it's a little bit different of a look, but you're trying to get that, that right look and get the guys, you know, the, the, who we want to have the puck in their hands. And uh, it's unfortunate we didn't get the, the bounce in tonight. Did uh, hat trick? Ever enter your mind, and uh, were you always enters your mind every game, even if I don't have two goals yet? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, it's nice to score, but I don't. Yeah, I don't really think about it. But obviously, you'd like to get that next one just for the team. Yeah, it is kind of interesting once again seeing the Hawks with five power or five forwards on their top power play unit. I remember they were doing that a little bit last year, but that was more so because they were just struggling so much on the power play. Now it's kind of more. Um, because they're missing so many players. I kind of liked how it looked, but like Troy mentioned, there's definitely the the worry, the fear that the defense can just kind of rush the the guy who's playing quarterback uh, for the power play and and take take advantage of all the offense that you got there. It didn't come into play too much today. Um, I know that Vancouver did have a shorthanded chance, but uh, one thing, one of the things you got to be mindful with five forwards on the power play. Another one of those forwards was Connor Bedard. He chatted with the media as well. Uh, first and third were good. Um, second, they obviously had the puck the whole time, so um, that was frustrating. But yeah, the first and third we were uh, we were pretty good. Murphy takes one off the knee. He comes back, but Anderson leaves the game. Are you guys just feeling cursed at this point? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's. I mean, first thought is, is we hope, you know, they're okay. and um, Yeah, but uh, it sucks when, when guys are going down. But, um, you know, a great job by a lot of guys stepping up. And maybe, yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we hope everyone, when, when we see them leave, that they're, they're all right. So, uh, yeah, hopefully those guys always see Murph. But. How cool was today for you just to go up against the team you grew up rooting for? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was great. I mean, um, yeah, I was talking to my parents this morning, and, you know, it's it's pretty wild just thinking about it. Um, yeah, not too long ago, I was, was cheering for them pretty hard. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really cool, and um, you know, pretty uh, pretty grateful to be able to play in this league. Obviously, in one way or is one thing, but um, yeah, kind of go against them is special. What worked on the, the power play with the five forwards today? Yeah, just kind of snapping it around, and um, obviously the. Flaggy's goal is kind of getting into the net and, and then getting a nice shot. But, um, yeah, it definitely feels good to get rewarded. I mean, um, you know, there's been some games where we've got a lot of looks, but uh, obviously some, some games we haven't. So, um, you know, it's nice to, to get a couple on the power tonight. Did you have any particular connects that you grew up following or were your favorites? 
Uh, the whole team, you know, I was, uh, I was a big fan, obviously, being from there and uh, going to a lot of games. So, um, yeah, I mean, just uh, just the whole team. Got Chippy out there. Did it as a former Canucks fan? Did it feel like watching Blackhawks Canucks from years gone by? I was three years old, I think. For that, <laughs> for that I only remember kind of the last one a little bit, and that's just from highlights. So, um, can't say it did, but it's cool for sure. I think that was a pretty big rivalry. Do you think that maybe you earned a power play in that last minute there? Um. I yeah, I thought coming across, but you know, I could be wrong. Refs use uh, some fast games, so um, you know, I haven't looked at it. But when you kind of feel something and you fall, um, maybe you think it might have been. But I honestly haven't seen it or anything, so I'm I'm sure the ref uh, made the right call. Kind of Bedard with a season high, 23 minutes and 16 seconds on the ice in today's game. I feel like he filled in for the void of Joey Anderson, who left in the third period. Again, Anderson dealing with some type of upper body issue. He's going to be reevaluated tomorrow. The Hawks announced that they will not have practice tomorrow. They have another game on Tuesday against Colorado here at home. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll get you set up for the next game as the Hawks again hosting Colorado on Tuesday. Blackhawks postgame show 720 WGN. He'll wrist it around near side corner. Shikley hit by Paul Byram. Nathan McKinnon will free up Larry Nachushkin. Two on three into the jet zone. Nachushkin tosses it for Jack Johnson. He shoots and scores. What a snapshot. Are you going to hang in your living room for Jack Johnson? Connor McGahee of Altitude Sports Radio. And a call of a goal from the former Blackhawk, Jack Johnson. Now back with the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado, again, the Blackhawks' next opponent Tuesday night here at the United Center. And their next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Colorado currently with an 18-10-2 record. However, they're hosting the San Jose Sharks tonight. The Avalanche have won their last seven games against the Sharks. Nathan McKinnon is on a 14-game point streak. And the Avs tied with two other teams at the top of the Central Division. Winnipeg and Dallas, along with the Colorado Avalanche, all have 38 points. However, records are different or winning percentages are different. Um, as again, the Hawks are going to have another tall task on Tuesday uh, for the second game of this three-game homestand. Montreal comes to town on Friday, and then the Hawks have a road game on Saturday against the St. Louis Blues before the Christmas holiday. So a whole bunch of hockey here at the United Center for the rest of this week. Blackhawks hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help back at the WGN Studios, our production crew of Patrick Hennessy and Sammy Martino. Our engineer was the tireless Krista Flores here at the United Center. Our reporter was Jack Heinrich. Our engineer was Nick Hepner filling in for the Hall of Famer, Paul Zarang. John Weideman had the play-by-play. Troy Murray with the color. And a big thanks to our pal Darren Pang for hopping on the postgame show as well.